Hey everybody, welcome to Church Online. No matter how you're joining us, I'm so glad that you're spending the morning with us. Maybe you're watching us online for the very first time. Maybe a friend shared this video on social media or invited you to hang out with us online today for church. If it is your first time with us, my name is Michael Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at True Life Church. And we're so glad that you're spending the morning with us. And I hope that our time together will encourage you and strengthen you. You know, we're dealing with so much uncertainty. We're dealing with so much in our world right now. And I wanted to just take a few weeks and speak directly to that. And so we've ended the series we were in called Running with the Giants. And we've moved into this brand new series called Peace in the Storm. And so I just want to take some time to encourage you in that this morning uh, and, and um, give you some, something to think about, something fresh to think about. Uh, so there's a theme passage that we're going to use for this series. It comes to us from Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. And let me give you a little bit of backstory on this, all right? Uh, what's happening in this passage of Scripture is all of the disciples are out in a boat, and the winds kick up, they get caught in a storm, and uh, it's, a, it's actually a pretty dangerous situation. It's the middle of the night. It's got to be frightening for them. And in the middle of all of that, the Bible says about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes walking out to them on the water. He's walking on water. This is one of the incredible miracles that Jesus performs during his time on planet Earth. And he's walking out on the water them, and, and it says that the disciples see this and they, they freak out. They think it's a ghost. Uh, eventually, Jesus gets close enough and says, Hey, guys, relax. It's me. It's Jesus. And, um, and Peter responds and he says, Hey, if it's, if it's really you, Lord, I want to come, I want to walk on the water too. That looks cool. So Jesus invites him out and Peter steps out onto the water. And, and that's where we pick up the story here. Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And so what I want to do is take this series. This is going to be our theme passage for the series. And what I feel like God is, has kind of put on my heart is, we, you know, we're in this season right now where we're kind of in a storm. For a lot of people, it's frightening. There's a lot of uncertainty. What's going to happen with our jobs? Are our kids ever going to go back to school? What's going on with the economy? What's going to happen to our retirement account? What the stock market, and there's just, it seems, seems like there's an endless list of things that could create fear and uncertainty in our lives right now. And I feel like my job is to say, hey, hey, Peter, don't get your eyes on the winds and the waves. Don't get focused on all that stuff. Turn your vision back toward Jesus. And what I want to do today, what I want to do throughout this series is just keep pulling our eyes back to Jesus. Keep pulling our vision back toward Jesus because He's the one that will respond, and He's the one that can save us, and He's going to respond to our faith. So let me take a minute to pray, and then we're going to get into this today. Heavenly Father, I thank You for each and every person who's watching today. I thank You that even though we're surrounded by doubt and uncertainty and fear in this current situation that we find ourselves in, that God, You are on the throne and You are in control, and we don't have to be nervous. We don't have to be scared. Uh, you have a plan. We, we can't see it, a lot of us. We don't know how you're going to turn this into something good, but you are. And so we choose to trust you today. And God, I know you're going to respond to the faith of your people. 
And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to do today is, actually before I get into the meat of this message, is, is I want to talk to you a little bit about how we respond to a season of uncertainty. How do we respond in a situation where fear is probably the prevalent emotion that we're feeling? I want to talk to you about how you are already responding in ways that you may not even realize. Uh, as a church, uh, we're responding in, in a lot of ways on your behalf. And so I just want to give you some thoughts. You can follow along in the app this morning if you want to take notes. You can fill in the blanks there. If you want to grab your own pen and paper, you can do that. And, and there's a handful of, uh, of thoughts, just three thoughts actually, that I want to give to you this morning on how we can respond to what's going on in our world right now. And the first one is simply this. Let's, let's be people who respond with hope. Let's respond with hope. There's a temptation to, to respond with sadness, to respond with doubt, to respond with fear, to respond with panic. But you know, that's not what God wants for his people. He wants us to respond with hope. I challenged our team and our staff this week Hey, when we're talking to people who are going through difficult seasons right now, let's make sure that we choose a, a, a countenance of hope. Let's choose words of hope. Jesus gives us hope. In fact, the Bible says that one of the best tools we have for telling the world who Jesus is, is to always be ready, the Bible says, to explain the hope you have. So like while the rest of the world doesn't have hope, we have hope. And we're supposed to be ready. We're supposed to be ready to explain that. I want to remind you of a passage of scripture that we used several months ago here at True Life Church. It comes to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And, and it simply says this, He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we've set our hope that He will continue to deliver us. Hey, you guys, we serve a God that has delivered us, a God who will deliver us, and a God who will continue to deliver us. He has, He can, He will, and He will continue. He has, He will, and He will continue. Maybe, I know it might seem a little weird because we're not in church together, but maybe you need to say that at home right now. Just to remind yourself, He has, He will, He will continue. And if really, if you think about it, I was thinking about this this week, if you go back over the last 10, 15 years, if you go back over the last 20 years, you can think of a lot of situations that created a lot of fear and a lot of doubt and a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people. Remember, remember um, 2020, Y2K? Any of you old enough to remember how much everybody was freaking out about Y2K? The world was gonna end. The computers were gonna stop working. Nothing was gonna work right. It was, there was sheer panic, sheer panic around Y2K. In fact, I could probably find a crisis every year or two that our world has had to deal with. There's, there was Y2K, there's been H1N1, there's been swine flu, there was the financial crisis of 2008. Time and time again, people of faith, when the rest of the world has been in panic, people of faith have been, re able to, been able to respond with hope. Why? Because we know that our hope is not in this world, it's not in the systems, it's not in this society. Our hope is in Christ. And He has delivered us, and He will deliver us, and He will continue to deliver us. So as a church, 
We're responding with hope. I want to deliver hope to you today. I want to encourage you, the people you're interacting with in your world, deliver hope. Deliver hope. It doesn't mean that we don't recognize that this is serious, and it is. It's a very serious situation we find ourselves in. Coronavirus is serious. It's potentially lethal for some. It's a serious situation. But even though we find ourselves in a serious situation, we've got to remind ourselves we've been in serious situations before. And God will take care of his people. Check out what Paul says in Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to these things? What are we going to say in response to all of the uncertainty that we deal with right now? Well, here's, here's how Paul says we can respond. We can respond with this, that if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Hey, listen, y'all, nothing that's going on in the world right now is going to separate you from the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Paul says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's respond with hope. Let me give you another way that we're responding and how I want to encourage you to personally respond to what's going on in our world right now. And that is, let's respond with hope support. I was so proud of our outreach team and uh, who's the, our leader, Kristen Brownlee, immediately reached out to me and said, hey, let's, let's put together a list of people in our church who this situation could potentially be extra dangerous for. And let's check on them. Let's care for people. Let's support one another. I'm so proud of our teams who have gone out of their way to call and encourage and pray for and support one another. I'm proud of how, as an organization, we have been able to respond with support on your behalf. Like, I'm, some of you have gone out of your way to stay faithful with giving and generosity, and I just want to say thank you for that, because you know what that's doing is it's allowing us to support the people who need it. And in some cases, that might be someone who's had a temporary loss of income. In a lot of cases, what it's already been is, is support of other pastors and church leaders who are trying to figure this thing out. They, they didn't know how to do church online. We, we've kind of been here before. We've survived without meeting in a building before. We, we've kind of already wrapped our head around this idea, and if you haven't yet, you need to hear this. The church is not a place. The church is a people. You're the church. Right there where you're at, in your living room, or a uh, snuggled up, still in your bed, watching church online. It doesn't matter where you are. You're the church. The people are a church. And we can respond by supporting one another, by caring for one another, by meeting the needs of each other. And maybe you can think about that this week. How, what are some ways God could use me to bring some support to people who might need it? Maybe you need some support. And hey, listen, you got to let us know, all right? 
if you're going through something right now, if you have a need, you got to let us know. Send us a, a message through Facebook. Click the, uh, right, if you're on church online and you're in the chat right there, there's a way you can request prayer or you can request to have a, a private conversation with a member of our team. We want to know and we want to serve you. We want to support you. This is what the church does. I've been so encouraged because in light of the fact that we can't do what a lot of us pastors, honestly, we love. We, we kind of like our buildings and we like our big crowds. And listen, I'm, I look forward to that. I can't wait until we can get all back together. But I actually think this season we're in right now has kind of forced us to reevaluate and ask ourselves, what are we really the New Testament church? Like, I think this is an incredible wake-up call. And I've seen so many beautiful moments where people have had to be intentional about giving support to one another. And I want to thank you for doing that. Because I think you're modeling the New Testament church in Acts 2.42, which says, And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. We can't fellowship in person right now. We're physical distancing. But we, can, we can't probably get together and, and share a meal. But there's, we can still support each other. And we can pray for each other. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And I've kind of felt that over the last two weeks. I felt a sense of awe watching people be the church. And the, and the apostles performed many miracles, miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place. And that's, we're not in the same place physically, but we're all in the same place right now together watching this online. They shared everything they had, and they sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in houses for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Hey, y'all, I've heard some beautiful stories of people giving their hearts to Christ in online church services and conversations with people who've given them hope and support. And so God doesn't stop moving and his church doesn't stop being the church. Nothing's canceled. We're just digital. We're online. And God's using this uh, season that we're in to help us support one another. Here's the last one. I want to ask you to respond with connection. Some of you are doing that already. I want to thank all of our small group leaders. I want to thank Pastor Joel for his leadership in this area. I got to be on a call with all of our small group leaders last week, a, a video conference call, and just y'all's heart to connect with each other and be intentional about creating community when we're being told to stay away from each other. Thank God we live in a day and age where that's an option for us. I'm trying to think back to the last 10, 15, 20 years. 20 years ago, if this happened, we'd all been trying to have church in an AOL chat room. 30, 40 years ago, we'd have been trying to have church through the U.S. mail system. Thank God we live in a day and age where we can sit in front of a camera and connect almost instantaneously. It's awesome. It's a gift. And so we can respond by connecting. I don't even like the phrase that we're using, social distancing. It's really not what it is. It's physical distancing. And you guys, I can tell you this with, with absolute certainty. This is going to end. It's all going to be okay. And we're going to get back together. But in the meantime, let's res respond by connecting in the ways that we can. Somebody sent me this passage early in the week. And I, I want to thank them for doing it. And it just says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And we're not going ne to neglect our meeting together as some people do, but we're going to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And it is. Jesus is going to come back 
one day soon. And we're going to be intentional about responding with connection. Respond with hope, respond with support, and respond with connection. So let me talk about fear for just a second. Let's talk about how we deal with all the uncertainty. And it's so important that we have God's mind and God's heart in a season like this. For a couple of reasons, write these down if you're taking notes. Here's, here's the first one. We've got to deal with fear because if we don't, fear breeds more fear. I shared this with you a couple weeks ago when we talked about Joshua. It's contagious. Fear is contagious. So don't respond with fear. Respond with faith. Well, how do I do that, Michael? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that in just a second, all right? But we need, we've got to deal with fear because we don't want it to spread. Here's the other reason we've got to deal with fear, because fear will cloud our judgment. Fear will cause you to make decisions that aren't the right decision. Fear will cause you to do things that are illogical and don't make sense, like buying all of the toilet paper in the grocery store. It's not logical. It, it, it clouds our judgment. It keeps us from seeing things the way God would want us to see things. Here's the last one. Fear, if we don't deal with it, will, will cause us to redirect our energy away from things that God really wants us to put our energy into. Like, hey, the kingdom of heaven hasn't stopped. God's plan for our lives hasn't stopped. And if we're not careful, we can take our energy and redirect it into things that God doesn't want us to direct our energy into. So we got to deal with fear so that that doesn't happen. So what do, what do we want to do? Here's what we want to do, and this is what I want to help you with as we wrap up today. I want to help you understand how can I convert my fear into faith? Because there's one thing I can tell you from, from reading this book, from reading God's Word, over and over and over again in God's Word. We see this theme that permeates the scriptures that says our God is a God who responds to faith. He is moved by our faith. And so we want to convert our fear to faith. And I'm just telling you, as we do that, you're going to see God respond to your faith. Um, our family has been, I think I shared this a couple weeks ago, our family has been memorizing some scripture together. Every week we have a new scripture that we try to memorize together and uh, we just kind of flipped through the cards and went ahead and made this our verse. And I shared this with you two weeks ago, but I want to share it again. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're not going to have fear. We're going to have faith. Because this is the mind that God and the heart that God gives to his people. He said, Michael, that sounds great. I don't want to be a person of fear. I want to be a person of faith, but I don't really know how to do that. So here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to give you two simple steps. And it's almost going to sound too simple, but I'm just telling you, it works. If you can do these two things, your fear will transform to faith. Here's the first one. Talk to God. Just talk to Him. When anxiety starts to rise up in you, when uncertainty starts overtaking your mind and overwhelming your thinking, talk to God about it. That's prayer. Pray. Have a conversation with Him. In, in our, when we pray, it, it forces our problems and our circumstances to shrink, and it makes God grow. And God is bigger than everything that's going on in our world right now. So talk to Him. 
Tell him how you're feeling. Have a conversation with him. Psalm 34, 4 says this, I prayed to the Lord and he answered, and he will. He answered me and he freed me from all my fear. Wouldn't you like to be free from fear? So talk to God. And here's the other one. If we're going to convert our fear to faith, here's the other one. I need to let God talk to me. So I'm going to go to God in prayer. And you'll hear his whispers. You'll hear his voice in prayer. But the other thing all of us can do right now, and you've probably heard me saying this on our daily doses, on social media, is get, get familiar with this book. Get familiar with God's word right now. This is a, this is a good tool right now. Because this is God's primary way of communicating with me, of talking with me. This is a great time, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, to get that Bible app out and, and find one that works for you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the one-year Bible, but it doesn't have to be the one-year Bible. You just find a way to get God's Word into your life. And God will speak to you through His Word. And as we see how faithful He has been, as we see His, his story that has unfolded through the Scripture... Our fear will transform to faith, and God always responds to faith. Let me give you a great example of this in His Word. Psalm 91, 1 through 16. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. Now, listen, I'm so thankful for all of the government leaders and politicians who are doing their best right now to try to lead well and find solutions and jumpstart the economy. And I know there's a lot, probably a lot of opinions that you have, and I have some too, about the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things. But I'm going to tell you this, all of them, no matter what side of the aisle they sit on, need our prayers right now. They need us praying for them. And, and all of us need to be reminded that as much as we appreciate their help, they're not our refuge. They're not our hope. God is. He is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Boy, does that speak to our day right now. Nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil is going to conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample up lion, upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Watch. Keeps going. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I'm going to answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. 
We can convert our fear to faith. Like, if you need, if you don't need any, one of the best things you can do during a season like this is have a Bible verse that speaks to you. This is a good one. You might want to take this one. Maybe you want to print it out and hang it somewhere around the house right now. But our fear can change to faith if we will talk to God and if we'll just let God talk to us. Let God talk to us. Right there where you're at, at home, why don't you close your eyes, let's have a moment of prayer together. And I want to, I want to talk first to those of you who maybe you're, maybe you're going through this season right now without God. Like he, he's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. You don't have a relationship with Him. And, and I want to invite you, you can change that. Today could be the day that all of that changes. Right there where you're at, just, there's actually a little button that says, I, I want to respond, I want to raise my hand. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. And we'd like to have a conversation with you if you're in church online. Or if you're on Facebook, you can, you can let us know there as well. We want to reach out to you. We want to help you with this. And you can just pray a simple prayer that says, Jesus, today I want to surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Take over. Be the Lord of my life. Change me. From this day on, I want my life to belong to you. And I'm sorry that I've been doing it without you. I repent and I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Stay in a moment of prayer there at your homes. And I just want to speak to every single one of us who maybe already have a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to pray over you that you'd be able to respond with hope, respond with support, respond with connection, and let's convert our fear to faith and watch what God does with it. Can I pray for you today? And then Pastor Joel is going to come on the screen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we don't have to be overwhelmed by fear, that you're in control of all of this. You've got it. You're not caught off guard. You're not panicked. And we don't need to be either. So God, help us to convert our fear to faith. And we're going to see you respond to our faith. God, help us to be people who can respond with hope and with support and with connection. And I know that your church is going to be more beautiful at the end of all of this than it's ever been. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.